we're in this series, God, more than a three-letter word. And uh, we're going to spend a few more weeks in this, uh, and then we're going to kick off our fall series. But uh, it has been my prayer through this whole series that you've truly encountered God. Not just, again, know Him, but, ha- but know Him through this vibrant, um, this vibrant, intimate, loving relationship, as we talked about, uh, identified when we first started this whole series. And so I pray that's truly happened. Right now, what I want to do is... I want you to lean, I want you to grab your program or something out of the back of the pew that you can ride on. Everybody's doing that. You're not just looking at me, but you're going to lean forward and grab that out of the back. We're doing it, seriously. Grab it. Grab it. We're getting ready to go back to school. You guys are part of this. Let's lean forward, grab it. Grab something to write with. I just I want to give you a little exercise to do here uh, just for a few moments. I'm going to give you a few minutes. Uh, so please participate with me. Uh, What I want you to do is I want you to answer this question. And this question is, what is it that I truly value? Not me, what is it that Gail truly values, but ask yourself that question. What is it that you truly value? And I want you to start right now. You can identify three or four things, whatever, you know, whatever the amount of time I give you, you will be able to do. But I want you to write down, think about the question for a second. What is it that you truly value? What is it that you will die for? What is it that you will fight for? What is it that gets you out of bed? What is it that you're very passionate about? Be truthful, be honest, and just jot down a few things there. And I'm going to give you a couple minutes, or not minutes, but a couple moments to do that. Are you guys done? Some of you are looking at me already. I know what it feels like to be a teacher. Because I don't believe you did it. <laughs> how many have more than th- how many have at least three? How many have more than three? There's not, I mean, there's not a set limit here. There's not something that there's not a magical number here. But what I want you to do now is uh, don't go into an explanation, but shout out. Uh, let's shout out some of the things that you wrote down, some of your values. Go ahead and shout them out. Family. Friends. Relationship with God. Health. Peace. All right. Brownie points. I like your style. Nice. I like that. Points will be awarded to her. What else? Country. What else? Education. I'm sorry, I, can't, I didn't hear it. Shout it out. Your sister. There we go. Your sister. What else? Future. These are the things you're willing to die for. These are the things that you get excited about, you're passionate about. I want to talk to you about uh, values today. And I want to talk to you about... Um, examining, we're going to talk about examining our values. We're going to talk about taking a look at them and 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 how we get them and what we do with them once we've got them and and real, and, and lay them up against the uh, word of God as we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, I want to take you to a passage of scripture found in Matthew chapter uh, 19. So lean forward, grab. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, grab one out of the back of the pew in front of you. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. 
If you've been in church for a while, you may have heard this passage of Scripture. It's called, uh, often called the rich young ruler or the young ruler, uh, but uh, you've heard me speak on it. Uh, I'm sure before, I, we've used this many times here at Element, uh, but in Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22, listen to the words as I read along. Uh, someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked, and Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do, Jesus? uh, what, What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Um, As we read this passage of Scripture, first of all, I want to tell you this. This is not a sermon about rich, about being rich. It's not where I'm going with this. It's not a sermon about having possessions. It's not, for me, it has nothing to do with it. As we take a look at this passage of Scripture, for me, um, one of the things that I, just reading it like this, just taking a look at it, not looking into it any further, but to me, it's one of the saddest uh, passages of Scripture within the Word of God because I believe this individual came to a moment, a crisis of belief, came to a moment where he had to make a decision of which way he was going to go, and he went away that I believe that it was away from Christ. Now, we don't know throughout Scripture whether or not this person uh, eventually had this epiphany where he said, you know what, I want to follow God, and he did exactly what Jesus told him. We don't have that, but based upon our reading, if this is the case and this is all we have and this is what happened, I think this is one of the saddest passages of Scripture that we read about because what Jesus did was he really challenged what this guy valued. Jesus went into this guy's life and said, you're right, you, you did all these things, you've got all this down. But let me go one step further. Let me challenge you with one last thing. Let me challenge you with one thing where you've placed more value on that thing than you do me. Let me, pl- let me challenge you on that one. And as we read this passage of Scripture, the guy, as he was challenged, couldn't handle that challenge and chose to live a life without Christ. Let me suggest this this morning, guys. If you have stress within your life, if you have conflict within your life, if you're sitting in here with, a, with some dilemma going on within your life or, or some tension or uh, disharmony or incongruency or something like that, may I suggest that maybe your values are not in line with God's values? Because that's exactly what happens. Anytime our values don't line up with God's, we have conflict, right? Let's be honest. We want what we want. We're selfish individuals. We as humans are selfish. We want what we want. James tells us the reason why we have a lot of conflicts and quarrels and things like that is because we don't get what we want. And when we don't get what we want, we become nasty. We say things that we shouldn't say. We do things that we shouldn't say because we placed a value on something and we truly want this. And when anybody else, including God, comes up against that value and says, I would like for you to take a look at this and maybe adjust your life around this, a lot of times we'll say, no, I'm not going to do that. And so for many of us, we may walk around like Eeyore a lot because like, woe is me. I'm not happy. 
Maybe it's because God is asking you to make an adjustment within your life. Maybe it's because we need to have a clear understanding how our values truly play out within life as we prioritize those things. Because our values essentially are the foundation for living an effective life. If those values are off, we're not going to live a very effective life. We're going to live in a state of dissonance. But if those, if those values are examined and weighed up against, uh, up against the Word of God, as we'll talk about here, here shortly, we begin to understand, we begin to sense this 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 uh, harmony within our lives because we're beginning to live our lives in the way that God wants us to live our lives and it and it literally affects the stress that we have in our lives if your values are unclear you're going to get confused if your value, values are in conflict you're going to have dilemmas on your hand either way it, they produce it produces this sense of stress within your life secondly values can control success or can produce success in your life if you want to have success in your life Live in harmony, put your values in harmony with God, okay? That means then that you have to understand what God's values are and you take those values and you integrate them into your life, not vice versa. If you're taking the values in which you think that are going to produce success, which could be, could be influenced by the world and, and defined by the world and other things like that, chances are you're not going to have success in the sense of a, a successful life, in the sense of having harmony. And... As we take a look at that, Jesus said, as in regards to salvation, Jesus said that it's possible. Jesus said that it is very possible that, uh, to, to be outwardly successful. Jesus said that it is very possible to be outward successfully in the scope of our world, in the scope of the way this world that we live in, our culture and our world that we live in, defines success and defines uh, uh, being, uh, you know, being successful, we could be outwardly successful financially, socially, all of those things, but be spiritually bankrupt on the inside. Listen to his words. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? So today, I want us to take a very critical look at what we value. Because uh, this really, this plays so much in uh, to where we are in, in, in knowing God and encountering God and experiencing Him. If we take our values and we line, line them up with God, what takes place is uh, we have the life that He promises, life to the fullest, this sense of truly living. We begin to live in harmony with God. So as we take a look at that, I want you to think about those. I want, to, I want you to think about your values. And I want my desire would be that you would have this moment where you encounter God, where you as we sit in here and we talk about these things, that you open yourself up in a vulnerable, um, uh, authentic state before God where you say, God, um, let's talk. Because there's no doubt in my mind, there's some of you sitting in here this morning, that your life is very disrupted by stress. It's very disrupted by, un, by, by a sense of living out of, out of line uh, because your values are out of line. And so uh, today might be the day to have healing. Today might be the day you can walk through the doors and have a sense of peace for once uh, within, w- within your life that you may have not experienced in a long time because you've got your values straightened out. Now, as we talk about this, um, I want to be very clear. We've talked about this before. I want to be very clear. It is so easy for us to have a list over here that beca- that's our aspirational values, Right? And, and, and then you have your actual values over here. Aspirational values are the ones we would say, and I'll, put, I'll throw myself under the bus, okay? I would say, I truly value good health. Okay, well, um, are you exercising? Uh, no, not really. Are you watching what you eat? Every time I put something in my mouth, yes, I watch what I eat, you know? 
Are you, are you doing anything, you know, are you doing anything that really, uh, you know, takes a critical look at your diet and, and exercise and things like that so that you can have good health? Not really, I'm not. Well, then, I'm not so sure you value good health, right? Oh, but I do. It's, it's one of my top ones. I value health. It's at the top of my aspirational list. I value prayer. How much time are you spending in God, communicating with God, intimate time with Him? How much are you, you know, like really conversing with God on a daily basis, truly, truly connecting with God and listening to Him, not just talking, but listening too? How much time are we doing? Well, I don't really spend a whole lot of time doing that. Well, then that's more of an aspirational versus actual, right? How many of us would say, well, I really value church, or I really value the Word of God? Well, how much... How much time do you spend in the Word of God, studying the Word of God, allowing God to to reveal new truths to you and and really engaging with the Word of God and examine maybe some of the ways you... Well, I don't spend a lot of time doing that, but I do value the the Word of God. Well, that's more of an aspirational. You see where I'm going? And so what I want to talk to you guys about is your actual. Because really, we're all perfect over here in the aspirational level, right? We all have a great list of aspirational values. But for some of us... We, you know, our actual values, uh, they're, they're a little bit off. And, and, and as we talk about this, we're talking about adjusting our value system from the aspirational to the actual. And so this morning, as we look at that, the first thing that we have to do and be very careful about, and even examine uh, if we already have our values, is to choose your source. Where are you going to get your values? Where have you got your values? The values that you shouted out, where did you get them from? Are those things that you sat down and you contemplated and you thought about and you searched the Word of God and you said, you know what, I really value this. I really value family. I really value uh, living in America. I really value this or whatever it may be. And by the way, I'm not criticizing any of your values. Those are your values. Those are the ones that you've come uh, to grips with. I'm simply asking you to, uh, to think about them, to stop and think about them, and decide, you know, take a look at the source of where you receive them, because we all have values, right? We get them from a lot of places. Many of us take the values of our family. Some of us have rejected all the values of our family, and we've started our new set of values. Whatever, wherever you got them, we may pick them up from, uh, from, from parents, peers, magazines, uh, the world, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the music we listen to, society in general. Listen to this statistic that was done, uh, a statement that was, uh, that was made just a few years ago. It says, the media is the number one purveyor of values today. The media. Especially television. If you're an average American, how many of you would consider yourself an average American? Just a couple, How many of you consider yourself above average Americans? We're an above average, right? That's cool. This statistic doesn't apply to us, but... If you're an average American, you watch about 1,000 hours of television a year. 1,000 hours of television a year. That means if you're an average American, by the time you're 65, you will have amassed nine and a half solid years of TV viewing. When you're 65, you will have amassed nine and a half solid years of TV value. You have given nine and a half years of your life in front of the TV. Now we'll argue that, won't we? Well, I'm not an average American. I've given ten and a half years of my life in front of the TV. <laughs> Guys, there is no way that you could convince me that the media and television hasn't influenced your values. There's no way. Unless you're really, I mean, your spiritual life, you know, that's where if your spiritual life is really intact. But I want to tell you something. 
we, it is so subtle how we are influenced by television, the media, our culture, and things like that. Listen to what, uh, so the issue is this, you're going to get your values in life either from Christ or you're going to get them from the world, either our culture or from Christ. First John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 says this in the Living uh, Bible. It says, don't love the world's ways. The lust for physical pleasure, the ambition to, lay, to buy everything that appeals to you, and the pride that comes from wealth and importance. These are not from God, but from the world. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 12 two, uh, in the message translation. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. We need to be very careful. Some of the things that we value may not be rooted in the Word of God. It may not be rooted where God wants them to be rooted in. So I'm simply asking you to think about it. Where did you choose your source for your values? The things that you get very passionate about, the things that drives you, the things that get you out of bed, the things that you will argue about with someone, the things that you will debate, the things that you will go head to head. Where did you get your values? Are they aspirational values? Are they actual values that you would be willing to die for? We are saying, I stand on this. Where did you get them from? The second one is this. Once you find those, and you determine those, you need to find clarity. Job 34.4 says this, We should choose to follow what is right, but first we must define what is good. Take a list of your values. I would encourage every single one of us to spend time looking at our values, looking at the things we're so passionate about, and make a list of what you consider to be the most, most important things in life. Guys, this goes back to the passage we just read. Some guy came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, tell me what it means to have eternal life. Jesus lays it out. I've kept those things. Well, one last thing, one last thing that I want to challenge, one last value that you have in your life that is in competition with me is this. I want you to take everything you have, sell it, give it to the poor, and come follow me. The guy said, I can't do that. I can't do that. Are there values within your life where you would say, God, I don't know if I can get rid of this value. There's a value within my life here that I can't... And by the way, guys, let me just share this with you. I read a, uh, a book not too long ago that he laid... This guy, which really challenged me, he laid out this... And he, he made this statement. He said, or this thought, anything that we... Any behavior that we have within our lives that we repeat, any behavior that we have, behavior, uh, we value that. And I really challenge that because I think there's, it really challenged me because I think there's things within my life that, that, that I would say, I don't want that in my life. I don't want that thing. You know, it's something I may struggle with from time to time. I don't want this behavior within my life. Well, anything that I give time to, anything that I really live out, it becomes, a, I value that. Anytime I live out something that is contrary to what God wants within my life, at some point I'm placing some level of value on that because if I didn't value it, it wouldn't be in my life to begin with, right? Now I get there's some things within our lives, and that's what we're going to talk about. There are some things within our lives that we want out, that we want eradicated, and we'll talk about that here at the end. But anything within our lives that we truly continue to go back to, any behavior, at some level we're placing a sense of value on it, because if it didn't have any value to us, it wouldn't be in our lives to begin with, correct? And so let's not fool ourselves. Let's sit down and take a critical look at our values to say, God, do these line up with you? God, is this where I'm at? God, is there something within my life where you're coming and you're saying, I want you, I want to challenge this within your life because I want to take you deeper. And if you let me have this, if you let me challenge this, and you let me take you deeper, you're going to experience me, you're going to encounter me in a way you haven't yet. 
I'm going to reveal more of myself to you. You're going to come to know me in such a more deep, intimate way than you ever have. That's what it means to know God. Is to truly experience and encounter Him. Not just throw out boring facts. But to truly truly experience Him. Once we need to find clarity within those. We need to understand where we got our values. That Maybe some of them we didn't choose. That they just kind of came upon us just from living in America or living in our families or wherever or whatever. Some of them that we picked up from people all around us. But at some point we need to sit down and find clarity and say, where did I get these? What source did these come from? And really seek clarity in them because some of them can be absolutely self-defeating and some of them can keep us or hinder us from having an intimate walk uh, with Christ. But we need to take very careful look at that. First John 3.17 says this, the world and its desires will pass away, but those who do the will of God will live forever. Do your values live forever? Are they eternal? Sometimes we can get so wrapped up and so passionate about things that aren't even eternal. That they're going to pass away at some point. But yet we will get so grounded in, we will get so buried into something, and it has absolutely no eternal significance to it whatsoever. We need to find clarity, understand where they came from, the source, did they come from our culture, did they come from Christ, and seek absolute clarity on those, and whether they, whether they uh, compromise our, our, uh, our walk with God and, and, and keeping us from going deeper with Him. This, the, the third thing that we need to do, uh, to take a look at after we do that, is adjust our lifestyle to it. What this means is, uh, you know, uh, is, is this sense where we have this, uh, this, this conflict of belief or this, this challenge of belief when God comes into our life and, he's, and He says, there, I want you to adjust your life to it. Like the rich young ruler here, this young man. I want you to adjust your life. You're not going in the direction that's going to produce successful life. You're not going into the direction that's going to produce eternal life. You're not going into the direction that's going to to enable you to have life to the fullest, to have this intimate, loving relationship with me. You have this thing in your life that I want to challenge, and I want you to get rid of it. He stood at a crossroad that said, will I adjust my life to it or will I not? That is as direct and simply put as as we can get. There's no third alternative to this. It's either I'm going to obey or I'm not going to obey. When we read, when you take a casual reading of the Word of God and you just look at all the men and women in there, we read about a lot of men and women who God came to and said, I want to challenge something within your life. And those people, most of those, a lot of those people responded to that challenge and they adjusted their life to it. Abraham. Abraham. I want you to follow me. I want you to come. I want you to sell everything. Get rid of everything. Get rid of your possessions. Come follow me. I'm going to take you into a land that I'll tell you once we get there. Will you adjust your life to that? That is a different value. Abraham, will you adjust your life to it? Abraham obeyed and he went. And consequently, he experienced God in an extremely intimate way. We read about Moses, we read about Joshua, we read about Noah, we read about all these Deborah, all these men and women in the Word of God, Gideon, who, who was faced with something that was beyond themselves, something that they would have never chosen, something they would have never even seen, and God says, I want to give you something to live for. I want to give you something to truly value. Will you adjust your life to it, or will you not? Some didn't. King Saul didn't. Others did. Most of them did. But here's the issue, guys. When we do that, when God comes within our lives and He challenges something and He says, I want you to adjust your life to me. And we do that. 
That's what we call congruency. That's when our values begin to line up with where God wants to take us. And when we have that, we begin to live in harmony with God. There's another, um, George Gallup did a poll, and um, uh, many of you are familiar with George Gallup, but he did this poll and he asked Americans, he said, what's the most most important thing to you? Most Americans uh, would say, my family's number one, it's the most important thing in my life, but survey after survey shows that the average uh, the, 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 the average American, when he did this poll, the average American said, what is most important? Or, I'm sorry, let me back up and say, uh, he, he asked the question, what is it that produces the most stress within your life? I kind of jumped ahead there. He, he said that the number one stress that Americans indicated within their life is not having enough time. They don't have enough time. That's what we say. It's not financial. It's not relational. It's not some of the other things that we might think that would be, but according to this poll that he did, but it was what it came down to was Americans said, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. It means that, you know, because I don't have enough time, it causes stress within my life. But here's the issue. Uh, a lot of times, again, we identify things within our lives where we say we value, but we don't live out in that sense, in that congruency with that particular value. For instance, we would say, uh, and I shared this a little bit with you beforehand, but we would say my family, my family is, is a value within my life. Okay, how much time do you spend with your family? Well, I don't really spend a whole lot of time with my family. You know, when I adopted, or when my wife and I adopted uh, our three kids, um, and even had Jaden since then, I, could, I can't tell you how many people from Element Church, how many of you have come to me and you've said this, you've said, spend time with your kids. Spend time with your kids at this age because it goes so fast. And, 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 and I've, really taken no, I've really taken note of that. I, really ha- I mean, I cannot tell you how many people, how many of you have come and said, listen, this is a great, this is an awesome time. You know, you may not see it at times. You may be stressed out at times. But let me share with you, as a parent standing at this, on this side, I look back and I could say, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have invested more of my time with my kids. Guys, that's when we start taking those values that we truly believe and we say, if I truly believe family is my value, I'm going to spend time with my family. Some of us will say, some of us, um, we we get kind of discouraged. I don't know if I use the word discouraged, but we can become defeated because we look back and we say, if only, if only, if only. I'm telling you guys, as we sit here today, God is giving us a message that says, it doesn't have to be if only. If you'll listen to me now, and get in check with some of the things that I'm challenging you with, you can live in congruency with the values in which you say are most important. If, if, if they, if they um, line up with the values that I'm, that I'm stating with God, as God shares with us. Uh, people say God's number one in my life. How much time do we give Him? Incongruency, incongruent values lead to stress. Ephesians 4, Paul says this, Stop going along with a mindless crowd. That's no life for you. Get rid of it. Then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, renewed from the inside out, working into your conduct. Renewing from the inside and working out into your conduct as God produces His character in you. Many of us would say, you know, there, there are some of you, I, I'm one of them. I'm one of them today. I'm one of them today, one of you today, that can sit in here right now as God is my witness and say, I've got a couple things in my life that I wish God would remove. I've got incongruency. And I can honestly tell you right now today that I would say, I'm def- I feel defeated. 
I feel like I've lost joy. I feel like I've lost energy. I feel like I, I get discouraged at times because I look at this thing and I look at these things and I see that, that it's robbing me of things. And I, and, and I pray to God and I say, God, can you please... T-? And, and at times I feel like the, the, that I don't have the energy, the stamina, the encouragement, whatever it may be, the power to get rid of them. But then I'm reminded, as I speak this message to you, I'm hearing it myself, the words of Paul in Philippians 4.13, where he says, I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me strength and power? Guys, I want to tell you something. If we are a child of God, there are claims, there are promises that God gives us that we can grab a hold of and we can live a life of congruency. The enemy doesn't want us to have that. But if you're unwilling to adjust your life to the values that God has for you, you are going to be stressed out and you're going to be miserable. And don't try to sit and rationalize it out for years because it's not going to happen. God has a message of hope for us this morning. A message that says, come clean. Acknowledge this stuff. Come clean. Have a life of life to the fullest. Have a life of what I'm sharing with you. And guys, when that happens, or let me say this. I'm going to go back to that one thought that says, don't wait until it's too late. I can't tell you how many times I've visited people within the hospital that's 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 getting ready to pass away. They've, they've either had a disease, they've got something going in their life, and that's when they start really reflecting on what's important. And for some, they sit there and they have this regret. They say, I wish I could go back and change some stuff. If you're sitting in here this morning, God is saying, we can change stuff now. Don't wait until it's too late. Prioritize your life. Line your values up with what God wants. Start now. Build the foundation correctly. Some of you this morning, you can leave here with a sense of hope, a sense of power, a sense of strength, claiming hold of the promise that God gives us the strength through Christ and power to overcome these things. That is a message of hope. The last thing is this. After we've worked through these and we're adjusting our lives to to the values in which God has, the last one is this. Guard them with your very life. Guard them with your very life. You know how subtle the enemy is. You know exactly how quick it is for the enemy to come along and get us off path. We don't have to be out living our life in blatant sin. All we have to do is get busy. And we start getting off. We start moving out of, out of where God wants. Our values become kind of, kind of out of whack. We become, we, we, we've got to guard our minds and we've got to guard the values in which we say, these are the values in which I'm going to live and base my life upon. Listen to what Proverbs 4.23, the author says, guard your affections. They influence everything else in your life. What are affections? They're the things that you love. The things that you value. The things that are most important to you. They're your values. Set aside some time and ask yourself, is my life in harmony with my values? The values that I've stated for my life, are they Christ's values? The ones that's guiding me, Not so much the aspirational ones, but the ones that are guiding me. Are they in harmony with Christ? And is my life in harmony with those values? Is my budget in harmony with my values? With Christ? Is my time 
in harmony with Christ? Is my schedule, my relationships, my money, whatever it may be, the things in my life, the things that I say I value, are those, is everything incongruent? Am I living in harmony with those things? Paul says this in 1 Timothy 4.16. He says, keep a close watch on all you do and think. Stay true to what is right and God will bless you. And use you to help others. As I close, I want to make this last this statement because this is the series that we're in. God, more than three three-letter word. You were made to know God. Period. You were made to know God. You were created to have a relationship with God, the creator of this universe. That is why you exist. That is exactly why you're sitting in here, you're breathing. That is why you exist. To have an intimate, loving, vibrant relationship with God. Some of you are missing the point this morning. We don't know God. And when I say we don't know God, I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm questioning when you start throwing out facts, when you start throwing out these things that you cognitively know. That's what I'm questioning. Some of us don't know God. We've never put ourselves in a vulnerable position to let Him question our values. To let Him question our very existence. To let Him question what we're building our life upon. It's when we put ourselves in that spot, which is what the Holy Spirit, which is what God is wanting to do through the power of His Holy Spirit this morning, is to communicate to each and every one of us in here this morning. By the way, I don't care if you've been following God all your life and you have an an incredible relationship with Him right now, God still wants to take you deeper. None of us have arrived. God wants to take us so deep. Some of us don't know that. Some of us are living our lives in this counterfeit spirituality and I'm telling you, let me describe it for you what you're experiencing. If you are experiencing that, it's boring. It's boring. And you're going through the rituals. Some of you are in here this morning and you know exactly what I'm talking about because God brought you to a point in your life where it made where you stopped, you paused, and you begin to reflect. And you're sitting in here this morning, you're saying, I can identify with every word you're saying because I was there at one point. And I allowed God to challenge my values, and because of that, I am experiencing God. I'm knowing God deeper and deeper on a daily basis. I don't know where you are on your journey, but I'm telling you right now that we were created to know God, and God wants to take every single one of us in this room deeper into that relationship. God is a God of love. He is love. And God's saying, I, I get that you're broken, I get that you're healed. I get that you're all over the board. But I want to tell you something. I love you so much that I want to have this intimate, loving relationship with you. And I want to show you something that you've never experienced before in your life. I want you to experience life. I want you to experience the realities of heaven. That's what I want for you. That's what God wants for every single one of us in here this morning. It goes beyond my imagination why we struggle with that from time to time. I get that we're human. I get that we have that side that resists that. You know, that, that other nature that wants to block that. The other, you know, the enemy coming in saying, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Life won't be fun. As if what we're experiencing now is fun. 
But God says, I want you to experience me. I've got so, I love you so much that there's so much I want you to experience. Guys, I believe that that's where God is calling every single one of us in this room today. That's what God has for your life. It comes down to the question, if you haven't adjusted, it comes down to the question, you're standing at the fork of the road. The question becomes, will you adjust? Because it's in that adjustment period that God says, I want want you to experience something. And that's when we truly experience and encounter God. We're going to close out with a couple songs. I pray that you would just take this time and you would open yourself up in that vulnerable state before God and allow God to communicate with you. Block out all that's around you. Block out who's sitting next to you. It doesn't matter. This is between you and God right now. I pray that this would be an incredible, intimate moment between you and God where you encounter God in in a, a very profound way. But it's going to take you becoming vulnerable and it's going to take you to open up and say, this is what I want, God. And I may not like what I hear or see, but I want to trust you with my life and I want to make that adjustment. Remember, God gives us the power through Christ to do all things. He's not going to lead you into an area that that you're not going to have the power to do it. The question becomes, will you submit to that and surrender to that and allow it to take place within your life? Would you do that? Would you just spend that time as we close out here, uh, close out this morning through song, uh, spending some time putting yourself in that position and respond the way the Spirit would have you to respond? Father, I thank you for this time today that we had to worship you. And God, as we uh, were challenged by your... your, um, the words of, of uh, this story, the words that in, the, in, the, in, the, in your word. God, I pray that you would just, uh, instead of finding uh, discouragement or uh, a sense of defeat, God, that we would find hope and that we would find uh, that we can power and encouragement through Christ, God. I pray that you would just help us to uh, grab a hold of the power that you give us. God, the power that you use, the same power that you use to raise Christ from the dead. God, that power that's living inside of us, God, I pray that you would help us to tap into that and, and begin to challenge, to take a look at our values, to find clarity, adjusting our lives to it so that we can live a life uh, of fullness, a life that you've promised. God, don't let us be deceived by the enemy, but allow us to experience you in a, just an intimate, profound way as we adjust our lives and walk with you. I pray, God, as we leave here today, we would just, again, take that hope, take that that encouragement, take that strength, that power, that love into the world and make a difference, showing that we can have life and have it to the fullest. And we ask all this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen.